Forged in Fire podcast. Be warned, we're not your typical Christian podcast. We tell it like it is, we don't pull punches, and we're committed to teaching biblical truth even when that truth hurts your feelings. Sensitive listener discretion is advised. Let's rock. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Job 38, verses 1 through 4. Hello and welcome back to Forged Empire Podcast. Thank you for being here for the show and joining me today. I'm Matt, your host, and we are going to wrap up the why part of our series today with a look at what is arguably the the hardest pill to swallow in this particular bottle. I was going to subtitle this episode, I don't know, but I couldn't figure out how to spell it. Uh, then I very hear, very clearly heard God laugh, and then my mother's voice uh, gave me this week's focus or, or subtitle, if you will, and that is, because I said so. Now, man, brings back some memories. Because I said so was arguably the most hated phrase of my entire childhood. Uh, I spent my life, and I'm not exaggerating, swearing up, down, left, right, and center, that I would never, ever say that to my own children when I grew up. I must have heard that phrase from my mother at least three times a week while I was a kid, and it would just tick me off to a point that I really didn't have words for it, and I would tell myself again and again and again and just over and over and over again, I would never, ever grow up and say that to my own kids. Well, let's fast forward a little while. When I grew up, uh, I fathered, in my first marriage, I fathered three children. I am now in my second marriage, and we are a blended family with five children. Anybody want to guess how well I've kept to that promise? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so, now, to be fair, truth be told, uh, I did keep it until my oldest, uh, and at the time only child, uh, she was about three years old. And then suddenly, she entered that stage where she wanted to know everything there was to know about absolutely everything. And not only did she figure that I was the one who could tell her everything about everything, but that the best way to accomplish this goal was to ask me why about everything that was said to her about 367 times a day. And it just... I mean, it just, it wore me down. It was, it's, I liken it to like one of those, uh, uh, what do they call them? The, the brute force algorithms that just keep pounding and pounding and pounding to crack codes. And, and eventually I could not take it anymore. Now, I don't remember exactly what the last straw was. Uh, I can't remember what she was asking why about. I think it was like cleaning up her room or, or picking up toys or something like that. But what I do remember is that I looked at her and I said, because I said so, that's why. And then I said, ew. <laughs> I was in complete shock because I had not intended to say that, but it just kind of happened. I opened my mouth and my mother's voice came out and it was a devastating experience that I still have not fully recovered from. Ugh, give me the willies just thinking about it. 
Now, now meaning today, we have five children in our house. There are three boys, two girls. Their ages are 14, 13, 10, 8, and 6. And so we probably say, because I said so, a dozen times a week. And uh, I still don't like it, though. I still cringe at the sound of those words leaving my mouth. But I have finally reached a point in my life where I understand why my parents said that to me and why we today as parents say it to our children. And there are three main reasons, okay? And as I get into these, I want to remind you of what we talked about last week is the fact that it's easy to lose sight of the fact that God is our Father. And the reason I bring this up is because our relationship with Him mirrors in a lot of ways and and should in all ways, that's the ultimate goal at least, our parents' relationship with us and our relationship with our own children. So as we go through this, just kind of bear that in mind, okay? So let's go ahead, let's take a look and break down the three main reasons why we say, because I said so, rather than actually providing an explanation. Reason number one, sometimes it's because our kids either wouldn't understand the explanation or that it simply wouldn't matter. Okay, now as an example of this, we're going to look at uh, Exodus 3 once more, but we've already kind of covered this in depth not not super depth, but it, it was the focus of an episode a few weeks back. So I'm just going to kind of go through the Cliff Notes version of this. Okay, is is basically when God appeared to Moses as the, the burning bush that would not, you know, will burn. Like it was burning, but it wouldn't burn up. God told him, you know, hey, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh in Egypt. You tell him to let my people go. And Moses said, well, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. This is a token. This is how you know it, is that when you bring the uh, the Jews rather out of the land of Egypt, you will come to this mountain and you will worship me here. And Moses says, well, who should I say sent them? And you know, God, I am sent me. And oh, well, they won't believe me. Well, here's a few miracles to do. Here's another miracle to do. Well, I don't talk that good. Well, Aaron does. I'll send him. Okay, so you you see the point here. As, as we go through this, you know, we, we've broken it down before. Moses got an explanation for what God had called him to do. Okay, he got a ton of explanation. But at every step of the way, that explanation and, and the setting of expectations didn't matter. It, it, it was just, it was never enough until finally it says in, and so it says in Exodus 4, 14, that the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And that was when he uh, said, well, isn't Aaron the Levite, your brother? That's when he sent Aaron with Moses to, to be the speaker because, you know, Moses's last excuse before he just broke down with police and somebody else was, I don't talk good, tough, whatever. Uh, and, and sometimes we fall into the same boat. We're dealing with issues in our lives, and, you know, again, we want to know why. We're, we're driven by the need to understand, and sometimes there's not an explanation. And so that was really kind of where the, the focus of this week began, with the simple fact that you are going to have issues in your life, but you're not, there's not always going to be a clear-cut reasoning or, or understanding behind why. And so it basically boils down to 
because I said so. I being God, you know, from God's point of view is because I said so. We're not always going to get that explanation. Sometimes we're just going to get because I'm God and I said so. And uh, that is frustrating. I know it's frustrating. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, sent it back. It's super frustrating. And it's, I mean, really, it can make you angry. It, it can be frustrating. But it's just part of the deal. You know, it, it really doesn't matter. It, it's just another one of those instances that exist to kind of force you, really, like like the Israelites being led through the wilderness, force you to lean on God and to trust in His plan and His understanding and His knowledge and, more importantly, His power and His strength instead of your own, because your own is insufficient, period, for whatever it is you're facing. You can't, you know, you might say, oh, I got this. No, you don't got this. Your strength is not enough on its own. And so it's times like this where we have no choice. We have to lean into God because the explanation of why we're going through whatever these issues are that we're going to is just not enough. And so we have to lean on him and just put our trust in him. And again, that's one of those things that's much easier said than done. But show me a place in scripture that says it's easy to follow the Lord. You know, I read a quote just a few weeks ago that said, uh, salvation costs you nothing, but discipleship will cost you everything. Uh, and that's true. And that's very, very powerful because see, salvation is, it's, it's free. It's this free gift that is this gift of grace and mercy that is given to, uh, given to us that we don't deserve, that we're not even close to being worthy of, but it, it's there for the taking. If we believe that Christ is who he said he is. Period. If, if we believe that he is the son of the living God and that he died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins and was resurrected from the dead three days later, that's it. That's all it takes. It's free. But discipleship, the following, is what will cost you everything. And that's not just material or physical things. That's mentally as well. It, it's going to cost you stress and, and frustration and fear sometimes. But that's all a part of it. And remember once more, like we said last week, all things, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all, A-L-L, every single bit of it, all things work together for good for those that love God. So let's move on to number two. Sometimes there's no time for an explanation. If we look in uh, the first chapter of Mark, in uh, verses 17 and 18, it says, And Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. Straightway means immediately in, in, the, in the King's English, okay, in the King James Version. <laughs> in the very next verses, when he gone a little further, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were also in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father in the ship with the hired servants, and they went after him immediately. There was no, Jesus' public ministry, it was a ministry on the move. There was no time for, for lollygagging. You know, it was, hey, come on, follow me. And that was it. That was all she wrote. They picked up and they went along after him. We look into Hebrews chapter 11. The writer there tells us that by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. The key part here is moved with fear. If you are moving away from something with fear, something that you are afraid of, you're probably running. <laughs> okay, you're moving pretty quick. This was an immediate action. And 
It had to be because, I mean, this was a big job for a dude who was 600 years old. You know what I'm saying? And then the next verse again, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he would receive after for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. Straightway, Abraham followed God's instructions. Straightway. There was no time for an explanation. It was, you're going to go to a land that I'm going to show you. I'm going to make you a great nation, a father of many nations. Your seed's going to be like the, the grains of sand on the beach. Let's go. Let's roll. That was it. And he went. And these are the the pillars of faith, the the icons of, you know, strong, stalwart faith that we're supposed to follow. And they just, man, they moved quickly. They moved quickly. There's just no time for lollygagging around for an explanation. Now, to, to put that into real world context, real world, air quotes, let me be up front, as, as I am wont to do, and tell you that this is a big one at my house. Okay, when we say, because I said so at my house, it's usually because we just don't have time to explain why we're telling you to do what we're telling you to do. Okay, now the way that I explain this to my kids is as follows. Okay, just bear with me. <laughs> this, uh, this, I believe, will show you the uh, a main difference between myself and my wife. So... Here's how I explain this to my kids, this idea of just do it, there's no time to explain. In the event of a zombie apocalypse, probably didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> but in the event of a zombie apocalypse, I will not be explaining my orders and directions to you. Period. I will speak once. You will listen. If you do not, you will be left behind. Because I'm not going to let all of us die because you want to stop in the middle of hell on earth and play 20 questions. Now, I'm aware that that is harsh and somebody probably just got mad about that, okay? But two things. Number one, I don't rightly care. And number two, it's just a joke. Mostly. Uh, but my wife has a much more serious, useful, and air quotes again, real world scenario to, to break this down for the kids. And that is if you get into the street and we see a semi-truck barreling down toward you and you don't, and we say, hey, get out of the road or hey, move. And you just stand there and go, why? You're going to get run over. It'll be over. Done. Okay. In the words of Mr. Miyagi, it squished just like grape. Uh, that was not a great Mr. Miyagi impersonation. Uh, rest in peace, Mr. Morita. Anywho, I will concede that these are harsh explanations. But the point is to, I mean, well, to get the point across, is that we don't always have the time to give you a breakdown of reasons why we're telling you to do something. And in the right, or, or I guess really the wrong scenario, depending on, well, the scenario... <laughs> that can have very real, very serious, very dangerous consequences. Now on to reason number three, and this is that really hard pill to swallow that I mentioned in the beginning, is the simple fact that sometimes we as parents don't owe our children an explanation. And guess what? God doesn't always owe us one either. We're telling you to do something. You do it. 
End of story. That's all she wrote. No further discussion needed. And the best example of this in Scripture that we find comes in Job chapter 38. This is the point where Job has finally broken down and is is asking and, and demanding answers, wanting to know why this is happening to him. And so... We're going to look, uh, this is going to come out of the English Standard Version here as we go through. We're just going to kind of break this down because what you're going to see is that God answers Job, but he really doesn't. That Well, he does, but the answer that he gives Job is not the one that he was looking for. Okay, so Job 38, starting at verse 1. The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Now that, of course, again, again, I don't know how many more times I'm going to say this. When God asks a question, it's rhetorical. <laughs> he already knows the answer. He's not. That's not a genuine inquiry on God's part. It is rhetorical. It is meant to make Job think, well, where was I when God met? Oh, I wasn't around yet. I wasn't even a, a, a thought. And moving on in verse 5, God says, Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? The answer to these questions, again, is God. <laughs> on what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? God. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God sounded for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? God. When I made clouds as garment and thick darkness at swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no further. And here shall your proud waves be stayed. That's all God. It's not Job. Job's not getting a simple straight answer. He's not, he's not getting a satisfactory explanation for why these horrible just heart-wrenching things have happened to him that's he's not getting an answer what he's getting is essentially a comparison between god and himself showing how insignificant he is next to the power of the lord and God continues to ask questions. You know, where is the way to the dwelling of light? Where's the place of darkness? Have you entered the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hail? Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that a flood of waters may cover you? Of course, the answer to this is no. No. He can't. Because he's only a man. And this continues again into chapter 39. And finally, the Lord comes to the point, which is short, but not very sweet. Job chapter 40, verse 1. And the Lord said to Job, shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer it. And then Job answered the Lord and said, hear this, hear it, hear it, hear it keep this. That's not what Job said. I'm telling you to keep this. Job answered him after this whole onslaught of, of all of these questions and, and comparisons from God when Job was 
demanding to know why. It's like, you owe me some answers. God's answer was, I'm God and you're not. No, I don't. And Job answered him and said, Behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I've spoken once and I will not answer. Twice, but I will proceed no further. He had nothing to say. There was nothing that he could say. And so the back and forth proceeds into chapter 41. And in the closing there in chapter 42, Job answers the Lord again and says, I know you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered. This is like the key take home phrase from this week. Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. He couldn't understand it. He couldn't. Trying to was futile. And this is a really hard pill for us to swallow. Because again, we want to know everything. We want to feel like we can understand everything. On top of the nature of our relationship with God. One thing that's really easy to lose focus of is the fact that by definition, by essence of who he is, God is infinite. And an infinite being cannot be fully understood or comprehended by a finite mind, a mind with limits such as ours has doesn't work see we want to take god down and 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 shrink him down and shape him into you know more like we we want to create god in our image and fit him into this little box that we can look at and understand and explain and break down and we lose sight of the fact that that's just not the way that it works that's not the way that it works that is where faith is faith that's why it's called faith because if you could understand it, if everything could be broken down, quantified, if it could all be known with 100% certainty, it wouldn't be faith. And that's where the faith comes in. And the same in these situations where we're going through terrible things, you know, where our marriage is falling apart, our job is falling apart, our home is falling apart, maybe our home life is falling apart, or, or the physical building, the structure itself is falling apart around us, maybe, I don't know, death, destruction, whatever you're dealing with, we want to look at it, and we want to figure out why, and we want God to tell us why, and we want to understand it, and the bottom line is, sometimes you're not gonna, and that's bad grammar, okay? <laughs> but it's a good observation, sometimes you're not gonna, and that sucks, and we don't like that. We have a really hard time handling that, but having a hard time handling it doesn't make it less true. And so the best way to handle situations like that and and that revelation is really all that you can do is, is through prayer. That is when you lean on God the most. You know, they say, and it's true, is that it's real easy to pray when you're already on your knees. And so I want to encourage you in whatever it is that you're dealing with, whether you know the reason why, you know, maybe you did something stupid you shouldn't have done and now it hurts <laughs> and now you're paying for it. Uh, maybe you're being corrected. Maybe you're being chastised. Maybe you're being prepared or maybe you don't have a clue. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Whatever the case may be, 
I want to encourage you just to lean on God. And instead of asking for reasons why, just ask him for his presence and his strength and his grace and his comfort. And those things, I guarantee you will have. Now, does that mean that in the blink of an eye, whatever you're dealing with is going to be gone? Absolutely not. No, no, no. But again, that's the peace that surpasses understanding. That's where that comes in. These things are all very, very real. And and I know I've kind of gone off the script a little bit today. Kind of, I, I even feel kind of out of my usual element, but I'm like, I just, man, I'm, I'm struggling with words as to just how important this is. Just, I mean, man, if you could, if you just knew, you know, it, it's like if I could just, if I could take my brain and, and plug your brain into it to, to share experiences and, and, and feeling and, and just, just really intimately share this with you. I would do it in a heartbeat because this is one of the biggest stumbling blocks and most dangerous stumbling blocks for Christians today because they, you know, again, we're fed this constant, got to make them feel good. BS is what it is, you know, about how, Great life is supposed to be, and God's got great plans, and this, that, and the other. Yes, He does. But see, here's the thing: is that sometimes God's great plans for your life involve some periods of time that are the opposite of great, <laughs> that are going to suck really hard, that are that are going to be painful, going to be difficult. But all of it, all of it, all of it, works together for good for those who love God. And so in those moments, we need to lean on him. And instead of asking why and, and saying, God, tell me why this is happening, we need to say, God, help me get through this while it's happening. And he will. And he will. Well, guys, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week. Uh, again, I want to thank you so much for uh, either downloading and, and listening to the show, whether it's audio or if you're checking us out on YouTube. Our numbers are starting to grow. We're beginning to build an audience, and I'm just, I am incredibly thankful and grateful that you choose to spend your time listening to me. Um, in the meantime, keep your eye on the website, forgeandfirepodcast.org. Uh, up there, there's... Uh, well, everything. There's a full feed from our homepage on Anchor, which is the podcasting platform that hosts the show. There's also a full video gallery from YouTube. There are blog posts, actually, or, or well, blog posts. I don't, I don't really know what else to call it. Just a short little article, uh, probably take three or four minutes to read, that I put together the other day about the importance of and, and how to spend time with God. I'm, I'm going to give you a little clip. Get up earlier than you usually do. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 20, it doesn't matter. Five minutes. Get up early. So there's that, fortunefirepodcast.org. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, prayer requests, anything whatsoever, looking to partner up, anything at all that, in, that I can help in any capacity, I, that is what I'm here to do, and I'm more than happy to do that. So shoot me an email at fortunefirepodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, spread the word, tell your friends, Take care of yourselves, and God bless. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us here at Forged Empire Podcast. We know there are thousands of options out there, and we're thankful you've chosen to spend your time with us. We hope you've been encouraged and strengthened in your walk with God and encourage you to leave a review on Anchor, iTunes, or wherever you listen to this show. 
Opening music is Aliens on the Loose by Bobby Cole, which can be licensed at songtrader.com. Questions, comments, prayer requests, or hate mail can all be sent to forgedinfirepodcast at gmail.com or on our website at forgedinfirepodcast.org.